Okay. Now that we're all gathered together again, I can begin again if Steph wants to uh, to edit out all of this bloody stuff that just happened in the middle. Yeah, I'll just reassemble it into highly libelous stuff, but one of the two for sure. There you go. You can put me to, to a YouTube video, some stupid Enigma song or something. Exactly. Uh, um, so I wanted to bring this up, I guess, because I've, I've already sort of got an idea. Um, but I've just, I've found myself, like, not wanting to do anything lately. Um, like, not really wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to go to work, not wanting to, you know, clean my room or do dishes or even read, you know, books that I've wanted to read for months. And I was wondering, because, you know, this this has happened to me on and off, but I think the, the latest bout started after we um, we had that series of less than optimal discussions um, a couple weeks ago, Steph. You mean you and I? Yeah, you and yes. me. Yes, okay, yeah. So after that, it was pretty much like I um, – the day after I sent you that last email, it was like, you know what? I really don't want to go to work. So I didn't go. And, you know, the, the job that I'm talking about not wanting to go to is the, the job of the music department. So it's, it's kind of like a college thing. It's, you know, you drift in and out wherever. It's not like a, a real job. I wouldn't count it as one. Um, so I just didn't go in one day. And then I just didn't go in the next day. Now, mind you, when I say don't go in, I mean, like, just didn't show up and didn't call and didn't anything um so yeah it's it's been kind of like that and today it's it's lifted a little bit um after talking to my therapist about i mean he wasn't much he was some help um at least in asking me questions which kind of directed me towards you know figuring out um, a little bit on my own, what sort of happened to me. Um, but I was wondering if, if you or anybody else had some ideas about questions that I could um, ask myself or, or something like that to kind of get through this, because this has been a recurrent thing. I mean, it's not just these two weeks. This has been a recurrent thing for, for as long as I can remember. A recurring thing where you uh, don't want to get out of bed, don't want to do things. Is that right? Yeah. And um, uh, what what is the feeling that keeps you in bed? Is it is it depression? Uh, is it emptiness? Is it laziness? Do you feel lassitude? Do you feel ennui? Like what is it that that is keeping you uh, in bed or is is preventing you from feeling motivated? Um, um, it's not really depression per se. It's like when I think of doing anything, you know how. There's like a stereotypical child who, you know, when you say do X, the kid replies, but I don't wanna. That's kind of what, what goes through my head, you know, in that same petulant tone, but I don't wanna. Right, right, right. And this occurred after you and I had uh, our, our altercations, is that right? Yeah, this, this latest round, yeah. 
And was it directly afterwards or was there a time lag? Could there have been another intervening factor? Um, there were two or three days when um, I didn't do much of anything except like sit. And I mean, this this wasn't like ennui sitting. This was like useful sitting, trying to figure out, you know, what the hell was going on for me. Um, and I didn't, you know, I was thinking that I was going to take journaling back up again or, or something like that. I mean, for the past three or four weeks, I've written nothing in my journal whatsoever whereas you know before I was writing like 80 pages a week so that's something else that's gone by the wayside um, but after the last email that I sent you there were like three days where I sat down and tried to figure out you know what the hell was was going on um, I re-listened to some of the the conversation well the conversations that we'd had and I reread the emails and it was a lot of you know, thinking to myself, what the hell? What the hell, man? Um, kind of like um, beating myself up, I guess. It, it doesn't really feel like that's what I was doing, but I guess the wording that I was using to myself is, is kind of abusive. Right, so what the hell is a euphemism, right? Yeah. And um, uh, what... What do you think you were doing? Um, there were a lot of things that I didn't really um, want to come to terms with. So what I was doing in all of those emails is, you know, making you into what I didn't want to come to terms with, what I, I didn't want to process and saying, hey, staff's the problem. Attack staff, you know? But Staff the, is the over the last three years, though, fortunately, <laughs> you're the very first person to do that to me. So exactly. Um, at least I've I've never had to deal with that before. So uh, from that standpoint, right. it was a new experience for me, which was nice. You know, it's uh, spicy, I guess. Right, right. A little piquant dish for you. Yes. Um, and that that was like the end of the day, day one. I realized, you know what? I've been doing exactly what. A whole lot of other people do, Tim, and I mean, this is this is not where I want to be. And that's when the "what the hell, man" kind of started. Right, and where the, the "what the hell" was, as you say, was sort of uh, hostile towards yourself, right? Yes. Like it's it's hard, and just for those who who don't know and don't necessarily want to fall asleep by not knowing what's going on. Uh, Charlotte uh, got uh, got angry at me for a variety of things and sent some uh, angry emails uh, uh, to me, and uh, uh, we, you know, took a break from communicating from each other and so on. But because she wasn't being uh, abusive uh, in public and and was retaining her civility on the board and in the chat room, um, you know, I can take it, right? I mean, I'm not made of glass, but uh, so you know, because of that, there was no particular reason to say take a break from the boards or or the chat room or whatever. So. Um, yeah, so that was sort of where uh, where you ended up through that, right? Right. Right, okay. And uh, so where did you get with the what the hell? I mean, obviously, or it sounds like you had a tough time RTRing with yourself about this stuff to be curious about what strategies you were deploying in relation to me and to, to sort of say, well, where did this come from? And, you know, the curiosity, the gentleness, the openness, uh, that it doesn't sound like you were able to get that far. Is that right? 
Um, for for like the first two days, whenever I I thought about it, it was immediately, you know, what the hell, man. Um, by the third day, it was kind of like, okay, let's sit down and actually discuss this. So why do I want to attack Steph, and why do I do it without thinking first? And you know, why do I, I feel the need right now to make him into the problem? What is it that I'm, I'm denying by foisting, on, foisting it on him? And I got a little bit further. Um, not as far as I'd like to in terms of, of like being able to catch myself when I start to do it again. Um, it's just like, I, I kind of get a sense of where these particular things came from. Um, but as far as, you know, being able to to restrain myself next time, you know, when, when it starts like uh, Steph's being just like my mother, you know, that I'm not sure I've gotten that squared away, frankly. Right, 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 right. No, I can understand that for sure. And so what is it that you would uh, like the most from me uh, in this call? Um, well, I think that, you know, if I figure out or, or ask you or see if you have any ideas on, on what I can do to actually work with that and square that away and, and get farther than I've gotten. I think that the, you know, laziness and procrastination and the petulance and stuff, I think that's pretty much either going to take care of itself or I'll be able to, to see a, a through way to kind of helping myself with that. So oh, I guess well, just no, it won't. Sorry, it won't, I mean that that won't take care of itself. That's going to take some some work, obviously, in your part with the um, uh, with the help of your therapist. But uh, sorry, yeah. uh, but continue. Um, but I guess just just trying to figure out or um, what the actual antecedents were. I think that would be more helpful because I think that's that's something that I can't really. Um, talk about with my therapist anymore, at least in a useful manner. And the other say, stuff I can work with with him. Sorry, when you say the antecedents, what you mean is the um, the stuff that preceded the lassitude, or the stuff that preceded the the uh, temper. Um, actually, the stuff that preceded the temper. Right. Okay. Okay. And so, for you, it's not clear why you got angry at me, and then why you then went into a kind of lassitude. Is that right? Yeah, it's not clear to me. I mean, I can point to a couple of things um, that were going on for me that, that I didn't tell you about. Um, but as to, you know, why I started equating you with mother, it it feels like I wanted to use the words all of a sudden, but obviously it's not just all of a sudden. Well, it was so, all of a sudden insofar as you hadn't associated me with your mother before, but all of a sudden there was this very much um, – this overlap, right, between m uh, myself and your mother, which triggered uh, your, your temper, right? Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. I'm still not – and I, I'm sorry if I'm missing something, and I, I certainly – I'm not short of things to say, but I want to make sure that I'm going to work on the stuff that's most helpful to you. 
um, I'm still not sure exactly what it is that you want from me during this conversation. I just want – it's not because you're not being clear. It's just that there's a lot of stuff that, that, that I could talk about based on what you're saying, but I don't know what the most useful stuff is. Um, to tell you the truth, I think you're probably um, wondering what the most useful stuff is because I'm, I'm wondering the same thing. I don't know what, what to say. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to take charge if, if you think that would be helpful. I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, this, is, uh, this is going to talk about some of your dark side. So um, I just want to know if you're ready for that. And the reason that I ask you that is that I'm not going to do the temper thing with you again, just, just so you know, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't do it. I haven't done it with you the last time. I haven't really done it with you the time before, uh, but I'm not going to do it again, right? So I don't want to, do, to talk about stuff if it's going to be volatile for you because that would be an unfortunate end to our friendship. I mean, of that, I have no doubt, right? Because uh, it, it's not good for you and it certainly isn't fun for me, right? Right, exactly. I'm I'm with you there. Absolutely. Um I don't think that it's it's going to be well it it might be volatile, but I can contain my crazy, I think. Okay, uh I wouldn't call it crazy, but uh but I mean so so we can we can do it if you like, uh if you feel that you that you're ready for it. Yes. Okay, well, you have a strategy called temper, right? This is one of the things that you do when you feel threatened or you feel uh, uh, too vulnerable, right? Yes. And it is particularly sensitive to status, right? Right. So tell me what uh, – what, I just want to make sure that we're both talking about the same thing. So just tell me what, what you got from those two things. Um, status to me means um, – I'll just draw an example. Um, like with my mother, I was never sure like where we were, you know, in our relationship. If, if it was like, you know, Oh, she loves me today or, ah, run away, run away. Um, so that, that uncertainty made me feel and makes me feel really, really, vulnerable. Um, and I know that one of the ways that I tried to to resolve that sort of ambivalence or uncertainty with mother was to, you know, I got really angry and she would, you know, escalate it right back. And so I knew then exactly where we where we were in a manner of speaking. So that's what pops up in my mind. Are we kind of on the same page there? Uh, to some degree, yes or no, but just before uh, Bill wanted to mention something before we continued. Oh, I'll do it later, Steph. I was just marveling at your hard-coded paths for some of these, uh, the, the philosopher physician. You were marveling at the, at the code of the philosopher physician? I'm sorry, Charlotte, we'll have to continue this another paths. time. Sorry, go on. <laughs> wait, wait, let me display my temper. Right, right. Sorry, Bill, you were saying? No, I was just marveling at the hard-coded paths. I'm having some trouble getting some of the uh, apps back. Oh, we'll edit all that out, and we'll just say I was marveling at the philosopher's position. Okay. Um, well, uh, no, I mean, I certainly do understand that with regards to your mother, but um, the, that, that's not, not specifically what I was talking about. Um, 
you have uh, obviously you're you're intelligent and you're sensitive and so on, but uh, you have uh, a certain um, uh, to me this is just all my thoughts and experience or whatever right that that with all of your intelligence and warmth and sensitivity comes a certain kind of pretentiousness uh, and Lord knows I've been prey to that myself at times as well, um, but uh, that's what I sort of mean by by status. Uh, if that makes any sense. And and you and I have talked about this before, which is the kind of um, slightly superior, you know, run along little lamb, yes, dear, the, you know, that you and I have talked about before. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yes, it does. And so to, uh, to tie it back into an incident that happened in New York when your uh, status was uh, questioned uh, or criticized uh, in front of other people, you kind of lashed out, right? Yeah, yes. And so uh, that means that you have, uh, again, this is all just opinion, but this is my thoughts, that you have an ego that is built upon uh, accomplishments, right? It is built upon your intelligence, your verbal skills, your education, your learning, your artistic knowledge, and so on, right? Yes. And that indicates that you've not gone through the experience of uh, being loved for who you are. In other words, not what you can produce or, or not what you know or, what you, uh, or the intelligence or the other innate abilities that you have, but that uh, you, you haven't, I think, experienced that thing where you're loved for just for who you are, if that makes sense. Yes. And, In a way where I, you could... I'm sorry, go ahead. I wanted this, or I just wanted to say I, I actually find that... Um, that's still going on. Like, you know, I'm I read books and I think, well, you know, I, I wish I could be like this person, man, they, they know like 15 languages and, and how great would that be to like impress people and, and things like that. Oh, sure. And it's, a, I mean, it's not just you and it's not just me. This is all around the world, right? This is, this is a cultural, um, disease, Right. Uh, uh, if if uh, if I looked like Brad Pitt, then I would, you know, go into a disco or go into some place, then everybody would be like, ooh, and ah. And if I was wealthy, and if I could sing like Pavarotti, and if if I had this aggregation of shiny talents and abilities to impress other people with, then uh, I would be worth something. Right. That's yeah. Right. That's what. Yes. And uh, of course, it's not true. Uh, we know this. Uh, obviously, I mean, if I have mentioned it before, but I mean, if being rich and famous and beautiful and talented was enough to make you happy, then Marilyn Monroe would have lived a lot longer than than she did, right? Right. Exactly. So uh, we, but we all have this this fantasy, right? The famous rich and beautiful thing, right? That if if we had those things, then we would we would be worth something we would be worth uh, it would be it would be worth it for people to pay attention to us right if that makes sense right yes and you have that right uh, to to abundance right oh yes and what that means is that it it's making up for something that you feel is not present right yes right so for instance you don't as far as i understand it have a positive body image for yourself right not particularly, no. And I say that because you 
you don't show yourself on the videos, you don't show your picture, right? Like when we do the uvu or whatever, right? I didn't have a camera that night, but yes. Okay, but uh, uh, so for you, it, it's it's um, uh, it, there is a, the hole where your family affections should have been when you were a child, right? Right. There was the exploitation that you and I talked about uh, the that that uh, one night before this all started. Yes. And so I don't know that you look in the mirror or think of yourself and and say that uh, uh, I uh, just just as who I am, not my learning, not my show, not my false self, not my glamour, not my glitz, not my art knowledge, not my whatever, not my verbal skills, not my humor. That you just look at yourself and say, you know, I I deserve love. I'm worthy of love. Uh, I am. I'm good and happy with myself, right? Well, the the thing that sorry about the bus. Um, the thing that that pops up when you're saying that, and and the thing that's sort of bringing a tear to my eye is is the thought that I don't know what I am without that. Well, sure. Well, sure, and. Uh, uh, but you do know, you do know who you are without that, and we've seen that. Because when that stuff gets taken away, we see what comes out, right? Right. What do we see? Um, like howling anger and, and rage and all bad things. Well... I don't think that what you do is howling anger and rage. That's not how I've experienced it myself. Because anger is actually not that uncomfortable to be around. Okay. Right. I mean, I, I've had podcasts where I've been angry, and, and a few people have written to sort of say, that freaked me out or that was alarming or whatever, but, but, but very few people. But I think for the most part, uh, it doesn't particularly trouble people in that way. Yes, you're right. So the way that I've experienced this, uh, what you call the, the howling rage or whatever, uh, I experience it just as bullying. And to me, it is a strategy that you use to achieve something or to avoid something, but I don't think it's some sort of innate howler monkey that lives in your chest, right? It's just that you have a strategy called bullying that works in some way. Right. And somebody really needs to mute. Yeah, I, I'll look for that. Uh. Right, so uh, to me, th th there's feelings that we have that are are genuine, right? Uh, and then there are feelings that we have that are kind of false self and manipulative, right? So, you know, we've we've all had the parents, well, not all, but <laughs> a lot of us have had uh, the parents who they look like uh, it is... Um, uh, uh, Brian, can you uh, mute your mic? If you're not talking, if you could mute your mics, that'd be great, thanks. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out uh, how to do it and just have some problems. It's uh, just uh, down by the uh, call and hang up to the left-hand side. There's a little mic with a slash through it. I'll do that. 
I might, I might have an older version of Skype. Uh, okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to drop you up because I've got to keep going with this. Uh, we can try that another okay, time. Okay, I understand. So, uh, you know, we've all had those those parents who are manipulative and they cry and, and so on, right? But it's not a genuine uh, – it's not a genuine emotion, right? Right. And when your temper kind of flares up, I experience it as specifically intimidating, which means it's not – all right. Okay. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll try again. Um, we, we have these, um, these parents who have these manipulative emotions. And, uh, again, I'm not saying any of this is particularly conscious on your part. I don't know. But uh, when you have that emotion, uh, it is um, – when emotions are being expressed, in my experience, when emotions are being expressed in a genuine manner – then they tend to move other people, right? So when I'm really sad about something, um, you know, no tears for the writer, no tears for the reader, right? When I'm really sad about something, then if I'm being honest about what I'm sad about, then it moves other people. And if I'm not being honest about what I'm sad about or angry about, then other people don't experience that emotion. They experience feelings of, uh, uh, of irritation or distance or uh, dissociation or whatever, right? And when you get uh, angry, your voice kind of flips over to a, uh, uh, an intimidating tone and you get very cold, right? And, and it's like, uh, it's suddenly it's like cage match to the death, right? Where, and, and that can happen very quickly for you, right? Yes. And it's not, it's not a genuine uh, emotion. And so, for instance, I mean, the first time that it happened between you and I, when you thought that I was, um, I think, disrespecting Nate in a, uh, in a Sunday call, um, it, was, uh, it, it also tends not to be uh, specific to the situation at hand, right? So uh, if you get very angry and belligerent and it's not something that's coming out of the situation, in other words... You know, if a, if a god tells you to stand back from a painting, that's not somebody who's coming at you with a knife, right? Or who is, you know, calling you some god-awful name or something like that or, or threatening you or stealing your purse, right? That's a relatively minor thing. Or someone who's disagreeing with you about the authenticity of a particular piece of art or, or, or the, you know, this kind of – or whatever it was that you thought that I was doing a couple of weeks ago. The feeling of – uh, belligerence that you feel does not come out of the situation and also is not being honestly expressed because under anger, under that kind of anger, under that kind of bullying is always what? Um, yeah, probably just... I know for me it is oftentimes like fear, um, but I'm not sure what you were thinking of. Well, there certainly is fear, and just if people could hold off given the answer, because I'm just trying to ask her, and it doesn't help if, um, if, because what we don't feel, we reproduce in other people, right? Right. So if I if I feel depressed. And I, and I don't own the feeling and own the, the whatever. What happens is I go around complaining, right? 
and and other people end up feeling depressed, right? Right. And we had an example with the magnificent uh, Greg the flamethrower in the chat room the other day where he was feeling tense and frustrated and so came in basically saying, you know, hope is a deer we should drive over and back over. And everybody else started feeling tense and frustrated and, and anxious, right? Right. Because he wasn't saying, this is what I feel and I don't know why, right? I should write a book about that. Anyway, um, so what we don't experience ourselves, we end up recreating in other people, right? Right. And so the reason that we know that there's fear at the root of the bully's emotional makeup, and I'm not saying that you're a bully, I'm just talking about in that in that moment, right? In that, in that strategy, right? Because I'm not saying you're a bully. I'm just, we're talking about that strategy, that moment, that persona. I know, so I'm following you. So what, what happens is you create fear in other people, right? Right. And it's scary, right? Your uh, bullying is scary, and that's to your credit, because if it wasn't scary, you would be bad at something, and it's good to be good at something, right? Just kidding. But if you, if you don't feel the fear, then you're going to recreate that fear in other people, right? Right. It's got to go somewhere. Yes. It's got to be expressed somehow. So the, the way that I see it is that uh, obviously you do have a lot of abilities. You have a lot of shiny goodies that the false self can use as glitter, right? Oh, Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's very obvious to me that you're very intelligent and very interested in philosophy, but I can't, and this, this could be totally unjust, but I'm just, I'm just sort of trying to think. I can't think of a time where you have brought up a serious philosophical concern in the chat room, right? Me neither. Now, what does happen is you come in and you use your wit and your verbal acuity and it kind of scatters what's, whatever's going on, right? Yes. And to me, that's completely unworthy of your considerable intellectual abilities. But for you, it's hard. What it is, is a place where you can come in and uh, you can keep things light and you can keep things uh, frothy. And, and you kind of do that in a way that is... Aggressive is not quite the right word, but it's like if a serious conversation does come up, you have a tendency to not want to let it continue, right? Um, the thought that pops into my mind is I, I want it to continue, but whenever the, those conversations go on, um, I have this thing, like this thought pops up in the back of my mind, like... I can't contribute to this. I, I don't know what to say. So I, um, I kind of, well, I try to shift the conversation to a ground where I'm more comfortable. Right. And, and I, totally, I totally understand that. And I'm saying that that's completely unworthy, not only of your intellectual abilities, but of your rather large heart, right? Right. Right, because the chat room clearly should not be there for you to shine, and it should not be there for me to shine, but it should be there for us to exchange ideas. And sometimes those ideas are giddy jokes and so on, but I've just noticed that in the chat room, uh, when you come in, things kind of scatter, right? 
and Lord knows that Nate falls into that trap a lot, right? <laughs> I've, talked that, I've talked to him about that, right? Which is, it, it, it kind of fragments, right? And it goes into a kind of manic, kind of jokey thing, if that makes sense. Right. I, I find this when I have, I try to have like one-on-one conversations with other people. Um, and if they bring up a, a problem to me or, or something that they want help with, it's like, I, I really want to help them. But it's like, I, I just don't know what to say. I have no idea. Well, I don't think it's true that you don't know what to say. But the problem is that you come in with a persona to the chat room, right? Right. Every, like, did anybody know that you had problems with motivation over the past week or two? I doubt it. Well, I'm asking. You can type it into I the chat window if you've, if you've seen Charlotte in the chat window and had any idea that she was going through some significant personal challenges. Yeah, she's fun, she's spirited, she's uh, engaging, she's uh, upbeat, uh, she's uh, a little scattered, a little unfocused, uh, and so on, right? But uh, but no one had any idea, right? Yeah. So, you know, with all due respect to your true self, and with not so much due respect to your false self, you're kind of talking a lot of crap over the last couple of weeks, right? Pretty much. And this all started, of course about the exams, right? Yes. And uh, where you had just decided to ditch all of your exams and bomb yourself out of school without talking to anyone at all about this massive decision. And of course, because you're not in contact with your family, um, it, there's not a lot of people for you to talk to about this stuff, right? Right. So... And, and no one had any – we were all like jaws, jaws hit the ground like, uh, you know, spray coming off the top of Old Faithful, right? Because nobody knew. Yeah, I, I didn't – Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say until you um, said it tonight, I didn't make that connection that, you know – you know, I really, I hate buses. Um, I didn't make the, the connection that I didn't tell anyone about my significant problems um, then. And I'm, I'm still doing the same thing, you know, well, that, going, that changed, going things right? kind of alone. Yeah, no, that, well, hasn't. It's not, no, but see, but this is the thing, Charlotte, is that you're not going through things alone, right? This is the part that makes it complicated. Because if you were going through things alone, right? you wouldn't be in the chat room, right? Right. So what happens is you come in and you hide. Right. It's, it's still saying the same thing to you guys that it was saying before, obviously. Sorry, what's it? It being that, you know, I, I don't... Um, I'm not sure if it's if it's you guys or me that, that I don't trust enough to sort of, of drop the persona. I mean, because the persona is, is fundamentally a shield, right? And why should I 
a shield or a, a shiny mirror to show back to my friends. Well, sure, but I mean that's I mean that's not what I want. I mean, just as just as one human being to another, you know, as we struggle through this entirely challenging conversation of trying to build up some kind of new philosophy, I don't want somebody who's going to put on a Punch and Judy show every time I'm around. Yeah, and I, I've been in opposition to what I want to. I mean, I I don't want to have to put one on, frankly. Well, but you do, right? I mean, because you do, I it, do, right? I mean, that's yeah. how we have to get. And and for for a day or two after the conversation about bombing out of your exams, you were uh, more sober and more serious, which I thought was a good thing. Right. But, and and it's, again, it's not it's not like one or the other is good or bad. It's just having the flexibility, right? Right. And you were uh, more sober and more reserved and more serious and so on. And then you literally like watching you fall into, well, it's not even quicksand, like watching you, you know, holding a greasy vine on the edge of a cliff, you fall into the chasm again, right? And then you feel compelled to come and distract, right? See, that's the problem. If you didn't come, it wouldn't be distracting, but you come and distract, right? Right. And that's not good for you. It's not good for the community as a whole, which is not that important. But it's not good for you, right? Right. Because it gives you an out, right? It gives you an out, which is to say, I can pretend to socialize, right? So you kind of get like, it's like I'm socializing, right? But I'm not actually socializing. Whereas if you said to yourself, well, I'm not going to go and be false with people, right? Then you wouldn't have that as an option, right? Right. And then when you came to, then if you came to the chat window or you, whatever, I don't know what other things that you do, post on the board or whatever. And, and we do see that. Again, I'm not saying it's totally constant or whatever, right? But... If you said, well, I'm, I'm going to come and be honest with people, and if I need help, I'm going to ask for help, and so on, right? And if people are jerks to me, then I'm going to live with it. And if I don't want to talk about it on the board, then I'll talk about it in emails or IMs or other conversations or whatever, right? Right. And if I genuinely am feeling happy, then I can come in and I can be giddy and so on, right? But if it's a fixed thing, if it becomes a persona, if it becomes something that separates you from everyone else, Right. Right. I mean, because obviously when I, I go into the chat room with the, I don't know, I guess the the expectation or, or the desire to appear, you know, brilliant and, and gay and intelligent, I mean, that's that's kind of, I mean, it's it's keeping everybody out, but it's also like distracting them, so... Well, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, everybody gets that there's a false self thing going on deep down, so... It puts everybody else on guard. Like it's to me, it's very disruptive. I mean, I know that you're bombing out of school, and by that, I don't mean just for those who don't know. This has nothing to do with any lack of intelligence or studying, but you just the wind went out of your sails, so to speak, with regards to school, right? I know that 
you're bombing out of school. Lots of other people do. Uh, I know that you're going through this incredibly wrenching transition. I sure know that you and I had uh, a semi-meltdown a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, on Teflon Charlotte, no mocks appear, right? Right. So it's kind of disruptive to people because they know that you're going through a lot of problems, but then you're just, you know, gay, bitty, uh, sorry, gay, uh, uh, witty banter from here to eternity, right? Right. So it doesn't uh, help uh, people, I think, in terms of staying rooted within themselves, if that makes sense. And most importantly, you, right? Oh, what the hell does it care about? It doesn't matter about people in the chat room, like, but for you, it doesn't help you stay particularly rooted within yourself, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, that persona, I mean, it, it kind of, it takes over. Because, I mean, if you if you asked me while I was, I was keeping it witty in the chat room, I would say, oh, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just happy. What? No, nothing, nothing, nothing going on. No, I'm just feeling happy. Right, right, but uh, but you having trouble getting out of bed, right? Right, exactly. And I, uh, I can tell you that it also it uh, you know the the happy uh, the quote happy uh, witty Charlotte is also building a case which lets her get angry during this. There's there's danger in what you're doing. At least that's how I experience it. And the danger that I experience, Charlotte, is something like this. That Charlotte is in there and is facing some huge wrenching and difficult transitions in her life. And she's keeping everyone six million miles away with this witty banter, right? While her life is, I don't want to say falling apart, that's too dramatic, but is tough, right? Right. And what I get is some black figure in the background taking notes and saying, well, I'm around all these people who claim that they care about me. And nobody's helping me. Right. That's exactly what I thought when you said that. I mean, because the... You know, one of the things I said to you was, well, well, you know that I have all these problems and, and you're just feeding into them. Well, it's not you that's feeding into them, obviously. Well, there is also a threat insofar as I believe, and other people can tell me if they don't feel that this is the case, of course, or this is my experience, First of all, I didn't want you to put you in a position where you were going to get angry at me again because then that would be it, right? For me, at least. So I did not feel comfortable in the chat window saying to you, uh, either in a whisper or directly or in any other form, saying to you, I don't get what you're doing here. Like, I don't know why there's this gay witty banter thing going on when I know that your life is, is going through some serious challenges at the moment. And why did I not want to do that? Um, because historical evidence said, oh no, she's going to get really mad at me. She, it's, it's just going to be the, the last time. 
Right. So it's like all roads lead to bullying, right? So if I go along with the witty banter thing, then the black figure in the background is is marking down all of these these things where I'm just not helping, right? And if I say this witty banter is a false front and things aren't going that well and you should be more honest in the community, then I get, <laughs> you know, you, you come at me full force, right? Right. That's so it's no win. Right? A possible situation. Yeah. yeah, it's a no win situation. All all roads lead to rage, right? Yes. And you know that one from your childhood, right? No matter what you do, no matter what you do. Right. You Even if I... Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, whether I, I do what I like to do or whether I do what they tell me they want me to do, in the end, it's still going to be, you know, scream fast here to eternity. Yeah, for sure. For sure, no matter what happens, right? And uh, right. I certainly, I find it a little tougher. To, my mother would have this giddy side of her as well, right? And, uh, and uh, it would be kind of grating after a while. And then uh, if I would say, you know, mom, I think you need to calm down. It's like, I'm just having fun. What's your problem, right? Right. You know, it's that giddy, like they keep going up in helium balloon and you know it's going to pop, right? Yeah, my, my mother was the same way. Um, and, you know, after a while it's like, oh, God, here we go again. Let me run for the hills, please. Well, and sometimes you would just provoke it, right? Because it's like, let's just get this thing over with, right? Right, exactly. I'll just yes. shoot the balloon before it goes too high and just take take my lumps, right? Right, exactly. And and you don't want to be creating that for people, right? Definitely not. Yeah, I'm just, I'm like in equal measures just really sad and really frightened right now. Sure, and when did that uh, uh, when did that feeling start to come up for you? When you realized just what a long, horrible speech it was going to be for me? Is that when you began to feel it? <laughs> no, the the fright has been since we since basically the conversation started. Um, the the sadness has been kind of on and off, but it got like really um, more profound when you mentioned just you know, kind of shooting the balloon and, and you don't want to do this. You don't want to engender that, that feeling in people. And that, that was just like wave of, of sadness. Cause I, I really don't, you know, I, I hate when people do it to me and I, I hated that feeling when I was younger and that's not what I want for my life. You know, that's not what I want my friends to feel around me. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, and, unless you work to change it, it's not going to change, right? I mean, we are incredibly inert personality-wise, all of us. And uh, it, it is like shifting a mountain with your bare shoulder, but uh, it, is, it is something that is going to follow you through life if you don't, if you don't grapple it, right? Right. Yeah, and the, and the thought that comes up is... But I don't know how to. But of course I, I do. Well, here's I mean, this is the this is the thing, right? If you know how to make a situation, you automatically know how to unmake it. This is the horrible thing about when we're manipulative, and I do it too, right? I mean, I am always on the gu- I'm always on guard, right? But uh, as far as this goes, because I want to make sure I keep things as as clean and clear as possible in my communications. But um, 
if, if you know how to engineer, and again, I'm not saying consciously, but if you know how to engineer the situation where people are damned if they do and damned if they don't, that you'll get angry at them for not caring if they don't call you on stuff, but you'll get even more angry at them for interrupting your fun if they do. If you know how to create that incredibly complex trap, you absolutely know how to disarm it, right? The guy who makes the trap knows how to disarm it. Yes. Yeah, I just I started thinking of of mother. Um just I mean obviously, you know, she she did this to me all through my childhood and it's just like I I tell myself, "Well, I mean, she this is just how she was. I mean, she she didn't know any better. She didn't know how how not to do this." Yeah, she did. But she did. Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. I mean, the more you sympathize with your mother, the more you'll become your mother. This is just one of the awful things in life and in psychology. And there may be a time when you can have some more sympathy for your mother, but that time is a long way in the future. Right. I I was curious about about when you said that about like having some sort of empathy for your mother. I was like but 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 you know sputtering but well sure yeah, but but the interesting thing is that, but the interesting thing is though well yeah but I I defood almost ten years ago right so right uh, so it's quite a bit different for me uh, you know ten years afterwards uh, and after years of therapy and and all the work that I've done um, it you you can gain some and it doesn't mean that my anger towards my mother is not perfectly valid and it's just you get a bit of a broader perspective when you get older and blah blah I don't want to bore you with all of the middle aged crap right but the um, the interesting thing is that when we talk about anger in a sense you defend your mother and then when we talk about understanding you attack your mother right right. And and that's just the challenge that you face. There's her story about why she did what she did, right? Which was that her life was difficult and you were bad, right? That's what you were disobedient right. and her life was tough, right? That's that's the same story all the time, right? Right. And yes. um and, and that's her story and so on, right? But you have your own direct personal history. And when you experience the the pain and the, the anger and the fear that that you experience as a child, uh, we, we don't experience fear and sympathy simultaneously, right? Right. I mean, that's like going up and down at the same time, right? It doesn't, just doesn't happen, right? It's like feeling rage and tenderness at the same time, right? I mean, it just, just can't happen, right? Yeah, it's not possible. And that doesn't mean that we can't feel both over time and so on, but just not at the same time, Right. Right. So, so I mean, the, in terms of undoing the trap, I mean, you know exactly what to do, which is to stop relying on your shiny gifts, right? Right. To resist the temptation to banter, right? Yeah. And, and also to re- sorry, and also on the other side to resist the temptation. To kind of come, I and I'm not saying you would, but some people do, right? They, they come in and say, you know, they come into the chat room and say, sigh, oh, what a terrible day, blah, 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 right? Right. And then people say, well, what's up? It's like, oh, there's this, there's that. Where it just becomes like a, 
uh, a pity party, right? Right. You know, when you said that, that same um, thing popped up in my mind. But what do I do instead? Right. 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 Well, <laughs> you are yourself instead. You are genuine instead. And when you are genuine, Charlotte, you get the greatest gift of all, which is what you said earlier, I desperately want to help people, but I don't know what to say. Well, when you are yourself, you know exactly what to say to help the most, to help other people the most, and that is the greatest joy. That makes sense. Something just popped up in my mind. I mean, if this persona disconnects me from myself, then obviously I'm not going to be able to connect with anybody else either. I mean, I guess it's myself that I have to connect with first. Yeah, you can't help somebody without empathy, right? You can't. And you can't have empathy right. unless you have empathy with yourself. Right. It's, it's kind of hard to, to empathize with a, a shiny mirror. Well, you know, you, you don't go to the comedian and uh, ask for a hug, right? Right. Because the comedian, uh, you know, it's like the way that people, people don't sit at the front row of the comedy place, right? Because I was going to pick on them, right? Right. And, and this is just, this is this, why, why would you do it, right? What's on the other side of going through the tension and anxiety of not being banter girl, right? And, and what's on the other side is, A, real connection with people. B, uh, um, you, you can genuinely be helped and not be so alone. Mm. And the third thing is that you will actually connect to others and really be able to help them where they need it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've told myself for the longest time, you know, this is, this is what I actually want. And well, in your language skills, and say so you've got a big heart, and, and that's why I've uh, hung on to this. But, um, I mean, your, your language skills, you're obviously very intelligent, and, and uh, you, you've got, I think you have a great deal of innate empathy. Because otherwise, your reaction formation wouldn't be so strong, Right. The height of the mountain is the height is the depth of the valley, right? Biogeologically and psychologically speaking. The way that we know that you have an enormous amount of empathy is the lengths that you go to hide it, right? Right. Yeah, it really makes me it's like I'm feeling right now almost this like feeling of, of devastation that I haven't been able to, um, like, express that or actually, like, use that on anybody. Because, I mean, that's – if there's something that I want to be known for, it's – I don't want to be known for the fact that I read four languages and know all about art and yada, yada, yada. That's – that's great, you know, whatever. But if – I wanted to be known for something that's like, hey, you know, Charlotte's someone that you can go to for help or, you know, she's 
she's really empathetic or, or something like that, something like real, not just a shiny accomplishment. Right, right. Because, you know, frankly, pe- people don't care that much about shiny accomplishments. I mean, who the hell remembers who won the Oscar in 1947, right? Right. I mean, as, as far as the people who stay in people's minds and hearts, it's not the people who can hit the high notes and it's not the people who can run the fastest. Because those are just moments. That's just show. It's the degree to which we can understand and connect with each other. That's E.M. Forster, right? Only connect. It's the degree to which we can empathize. Now, your danger is going to be that you're going to want to replace Entertainment Girl with Nurse Charlotte, right? I now have value if I help people. Right, exactly. And, and that's but, going to be but your that's secondary the exact defense, same thing. Right? Well, it's, yeah. it's your secondary defense, right? And, uh, um, but but the, the way that you help people, and this is, you know, tricks of the trade, right? But the, the way that you help people is you, uh, you are connected to yourself. You are uh, uh, at peace with and accepting of yourself. And you show people what a stable and rooted personality looks like, right? Before, before anything else, before you open your mouth, before you ask them a question, before they say anything, you try to show them what a stable and rooted personality looks like, which is not there for show, it's not there for manipulation, it's not there for effect, it's just there. Right. Like a beautiful sunset isn't showing off, right? Right. I just it is. Just it's just there, right? Yeah. And if it was showing off, we wouldn't really enjoy looking at it, right? Right. If it was doing exactly. some funky dance move and bouncing all over the place, I mean, it, it would be not that much fun to to look at, right? It is it is the serenity and the beauty of something without manipulation without effect without uh, narcissism without neediness without you know prop me up you know all of that stuff that people do all the time right prop me up be impressed by me show me that i'm good show me that i'm right and and you, we see this all the time in the chat room the people who come in and they they're wrong and they won't admit it they change the right. story they flip around and, it, and it's like don't do that to others and don't do that to yourself right because yeah. isn't it all obvious to everyone all the time what's going on with people? I mean, is there yeah. really any doubt? Sorry, Charlotte, go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's obvious, you know, when they're wrong, and it, it it's more obvious when they're wrong and they won't admit it. I mean, but frankly, I'd be more impressed with someone not if they're right. I mean, if they're right, that's great, but. I'm more impressed with people who are are wrong and admit it, frankly. Oh, don't we? And don't we feel so relaxed around those people? Because isn't that the fundamental thing that we hate so much about the world? I'm speaking more for myself here. The thing that I hate the most is that people just don't admit that they're wrong. And when they don't admit that they're wrong, they're really dangerous to be around, right? Right. 
Because that means they have to control you, they have to manipulate you, they have to be in charge, they have to retain their status, they have to start hiding from you, they've got to keep propping up this building that keeps falling over. Uh, it's exhausting and debilitating and dangerous to be around people who are like that. Yes. Yes. And it is a... Um, I mean, this the, the, to me, that's the beauty of having a method rather than any conclusions. You know, anybody who wants to wage war with us, it's like taking a sword to a river. <laughs> Go for right, it. Right, exactly. I mean, yeah. take a sword to a, a, a statue, maybe you can do some damage. Take a sword to a river, and it's like, Go for it, right? I mean, tie yourself out if you want, right? That's what we see right. when people come and do the UPB thing and they do the free will thing. And it's like tie yourself out, right? But you're not, there's not a conclusion here that you can overturn. There's only a methodology. Right. There's no dogma. There's only science and reason and evidence. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And that's how we help people, I think, most fundamentally is we show them what it is to be relaxed and confident first and foremost and, and to have spontaneity and, you know, not to be locked into I am now serious philosopher dude or, you know, I am perpetually giddy philosopher guy or whatever or giddy entertainment guy. But to have the, the flexibility and the sensitivity uh, to be serious or funny or whatever but to, to just know we don't have anything to prove. We don't have anyone to impress. We can trust our feelings when that's around, and and we're also not afraid to, you know, to take up arms if uh, if necessary. Right? Again, we have that uh, standard or that commitment. But that's I think that's how we we help people just by being that way ourselves. And then we don't actually have to try to help people at all. Yeah, I'm making like a lot of connections this is really helpful yeah um i I was just gonna say that you know for me helping people has always been about like from you know 12 on you know helping people is love me love me love me love me you know, see how wise I am. See how wonderful I am. Look, I'm helping you. You are grateful to me. You are grateful to me. Um, it hasn't actually been about helping them. It's about, been about, like, propping me up, which is obviously, like, anti-helpful to the person that I'm trying to help. Well, sure. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's also what I talked about earlier, which is the status thing, right? Like, if you try to help somebody from the standpoint of being superior, it just won't work. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have, uh, you can tell me, if uh, I certainly had no idea that you wanted to talk about this tonight. I didn't have a huge amount prepared, uh, if anything, <laughs> I don't have any lists or anything. Um, but I think that when I talk to you, um, as I try to always talk with the people that are interested in, in uh, my perspective or whatever, it is not a status thing for me. I am not uh, uh, in any way, shape, or form trying to uh, be superior to people. Uh, I always try to say how, you know, uh, talk about the positive things that they bring to the table, which of course with you is considerable as it is with everyone. And it's not a status thing for me, right? At least I don't think that I have uh, tried to 
uh, end you up with a, in a position where you would feel put down or humiliated? No, not at all. And, and I don't, I don't actually feel because you know when, when people help you because they want you to be grateful. There's like this empty feeling you get. Like I mean, they're someone that you have to fill up. I've never gotten that with um, with you either, or with anyone who's like actually been in it or has actually been you know connected with themselves and helping me from that and not from like this this desire for status right 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 i mean that would be like a a doctor coming in and saying look how healthy i am well that's great but i'm here to see you because i'm not uh, at the moment so i mean that would be kind of dickish on the part of the doctor right look i can bench press my own desk (laughs) Right. Yeah, I I don't really care about you, buddy. I'm sick. Right, right, right. So, I mean, your life obviously is has to some degree fallen apart, and and by that, what I mean is that your life as a foundational or fundamental thing. I don't. I'm not saying that has fallen apart, but what I mean is that the road that you were on, you bailed, right? Right. I mean, you, Thelma's going over the, the cliff in the car, but Louise is not, right? She like, rolled out in the dirt and hid in the bushes. Right. Yeah, what was what I'd started building on that foundation, I think, needs to go. Um, but for the rest of it, I mean, I hopefully I can – I keep – Telling to myself and the metaphor that I use, and this is just my being an intellectual ass again. Um, but I keep telling myself that you know I, I want my soul to be like the Alhambra. Look that up on Wikipedia. It's it's a really beautiful palace in Grenada, um, and not like some sort of, of shack in the woods, which is what I think I I was building towards. I am uh, as suspicious of um, uh, of a palace, to be honest with you, uh, because again, that's something to sh- that's something for show, right? Right. And it's also not alive, right? Right. Yeah the the idea that I have in my mind is like this empty courtyard with a fountain in the middle of it. But do I really want an empty courtyard? Yeah, I mean, what are you going to sell? I Touristic? Think so. You know, come for the tour of the empty soul that is pretty, right? I mean, I, I don't right. – you, you, you may – that seems to me kind of like show. Now, again, I don't know. Maybe it's a place of serene beauty and so you can certainly post the link. It would be interesting to, to have a look at it. But um, uh, the other thing too is that your aggressive side is not something that, that you should abandon as a complete enemy, right? I mean aggression no. or assertiveness it's is certainly, useful. certainly helpful. It, it is helpful for sure. Uh, it's not good as a strategy uh, to bully, but uh, I, you know, I think that you are too tempestuous in your nature to be a serene. You know, if if the if the fountain is a randomly firing water cannon, uh, and if you could install that, then perhaps that might be a little closer to some of your tempestuous uh, the tempestuous side of your nature. Uh, but 
something like that. You know, I just I can't see a lot of trickling water and you know little birds and so on, right? I mean, you're more Amazonian than that in my experience, which is can can I get trickling in birds or, or should I give that up? Well, I mean, as long as they're I don't know condors around to make it interesting or something like that. But uh, yeah, mother always called me buzzard. I don't think I want any buzzards around. No, buzzards would not be good, right? But um, I don't know. I mean, everybody everybody has their images uh, uh, of themselves and so on. I mean, to me, I'm just like a, I don't know, like a, <laughs> I'm a jungle that I'm just trying to map. Or like, to me, there's a lot of uh, um, uh, um, in my sort of image of myself, and this is just mine. But uh, it's more like. A, uh, a jungle that I'm leading people through, <laughs> hoping that we can figure out what the hell is going on. And it's sort of very fertile and somewhat primitive, but very balanced and sophisticated in its ecosystem and so on. Uh, and everyone has their uh, – um, everyone has their, their sort of images of it and so on. But I would certainly for yourself not uh, – uh, or at least maybe be hesitant towards stuff that is empty and showy. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. I see the picture. I mean, it's it's definitely yeah. beautiful, but there's no people there, right? Yeah, Stephen actually said um, what I was thinking about after you you mentioned that the Alhambra was for show. He said, "Wouldn't you rather have a full shack than an empty courtyard?" And that's exactly what I thought. Um, or a love shack. When said that. Not everybody. A, a love shack, but. <laughs> uh, FDR. You know what FDR is? It's constantly that scene in. Uh, in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where the the little gay British guy is just about to sing, I'll stop that. <laughs> right, right. Well, no. Um, I did um, want to ask you because I've I've obviously had like trouble expressing emotions and things in the past and and making. Um, other people feel my stuff have you been getting that from me at all or well i just know that you've been uh you're going back to old tricks and uh that you were either going to uh, uh to sort it out uh, or you weren't uh, but uh for me that was uh, that was up to you uh, but i also of course i wasn't aware of any other conversations you may be having on the side but i certainly knew just based on what i was seeing in the chat room that you uh you have you had these flashes, which were great, you know, and you had one even today you know, talking about someone. Uh, you were talking to someone, and you know, we were concerned uh, and so on. But uh, you know, I definitely saw this, um, uh, you know, show Charlotte, so to speak. You know, Charlotte, the traveling roadshow. Uh, I definitely saw that uh, pretty continually over the last few weeks, and of course, I knew that uh, you were going through a lot of uh, problems. But I certainly haven't seen any um, uh, any bully flare-ups, which is great. Yeah, well, I I meant like more during this conversation, like right now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> to April. Um, I mean, uh, I I think that uh, I think that you've done magnificently in this conversation. Uh, if that if that helps, uh, I mean, I wasn't particularly concerned because I didn't think that you would bring it up if you weren't ready for it, and we did check at the beginning, but. No, I think uh, I think it's great. I think it's great. Uh, the challenge, of course, is not tonight, but tomorrow, right? Right, exactly. Well, given past experience, the day after tomorrow. The day after tomorrow, yeah. But uh, at some point, right, the the temptations of distraction uh, will uh, will recur, and it's a the the jokey stuff. And I mean, it's a way to to avoid uh, tension, fear, and and anger within yourself. And uh, 
it is uh, it is very tempting and it's it's perfectly okay to not know what to say right because what does rtr suggest when you don't know what to say go with the feeling and do what um just say it i mean that's something that i have trouble saying is look man i i don't know what to say here or something like that yeah, I don't know where you. I, I don't know much about the history of your etymology of your language. I don't know where this hippie stuff comes in. Like, I don't know where you get to say, "Look, man," <laughs> you know. Like, I mean, for a woman who's very well educated and very sophisticated, it just strikes me as kind of jarring. I'm sorry. That's that's one of my aunts, and the the British slang circa 1973 comes from my aunt's boyfriend, who looks like you but 25 pounds thinner. It's very disconcerting. Wow, what a lollipop! Um, but uh, yeah, that's just. I mean, the, to me, that's just funny, right? I mean, in the same, and and you'll get more used to this when you when you get the sense of how you look to others. I mean, I I have the teeth gritting joy of hearing how I sound all the time as I'm working through all of this sort of stuff in the audio and feeds and so on. Um, but it is, uh, it is just getting used to how you sound uh, from outside and to make sure that you have your own language, right? That there's the stuff that works for you. But in particular, the, and you'll hear this when you hear this again, there are a few, um, uh, there are a few uh, things, uh, times where this look man uh, comes up, right? And it's, uh, it's just kind of disconcerting. I don't know. It's like if I suddenly started breaking into a Rastafarian chant for no reason. It just seems a little, uh, a little hard, <laughs> or, or at least uh, culturally not well rooted, if that makes sense. And the other thing, I'll too, have to make myself a flowchart. <laughs> right. And, and the other thing too, Charlotte. And this again, with all due respect and affection, um, you know the, uh, the the condescending side that you say that you've inherited from your mom. Yeah. You know the 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 little lamb stuff. Yes. I mean, you're 21. Is that right? 22. 22, right? I mean, I don't pull rank very often. <laughs> I really don't, uh, because I'm somewhere between 12 and 900. But um, for for people who are older, and this is again, maybe you didn't have any of this when you were growing up, and I'm sure you didn't, right? But when you see a 22-year-old woman being condescending, it's, it's odd to see, if that makes any sense. I, I don't think odd is quite the word. Yes, I, I see. But, but I, and again, this is what, I mean, I know that uh, it's, it's a, a, a habit or a history that you have, but... And, and, you know, I, I know this is shocking, but I certainly do remember what it is like um, for uh, – uh, uh, I certainly do remember what it is like to be 22. And uh, Lord knows the know-it-all disease strikes me uh, more often than it should. But uh, it is uh, – you don't want to lay down a bunch of behaviors for which there are permanent records in the chat room, which when you're 40 or 30 – you look back and go, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about your future self here. That's, that's what I'm really thinking about, right? So you, you just – you don't want to be looking back and going like, wow, I can't believe I ever wore that 
muscled t-shirt with the British flag on it and went to a disco. Actually, that was my brother. But yeah, I can't believe I ever learned how to moonwalk and I can't believe I condescended to people twice my age when I was 22 and still had some ways to go in terms of wisdom. Yeah, you you never got into the leather vest wearing, did you? Oh, my brother or had is that your vest. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll tell you, 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 you uh, this is just one, um, just one little funny story. Um, my brother um, makes me look like, I don't know, ultimate macho guy, uh, and I'm fairly quiffy to begin with. And um, when we, uh, we were in business together, we went down to do a lot of business in the South. My brother took to wearing this little leather, leather waistcoat, and he actually dyed his hair blonde. And oh he's got God. a fairly uh, <laughs> tumoresque British pompadour. And uh, we <laughs> would share a room together because we were traveling together. It was a startup, and we didn't have a lot of money, and we would travel together. So he'd always sort of sidle up in the south. In the south, I thought, for God, we're going to shot, shot in our bed, right? And uh, he would sidle up to the... Um, uh, to the person behind the counter, a guy behind the counter, you know, is sitting there chewing out 16 tobaccos at once. And, you know, oh, we'd like a room together, please. <laughs> My good man. <laughs> it's just like, oh, man, we're going to get killed. And then um, uh, he came down uh, and uh, um, the guy who was, uh, who, ends, who was ended up in the God of Atheists was actually a real guy, uh, the, the, uh, the really great in New England salesman. And uh, my uh, my brother, we came down, we were having dinner, had a little leather waistcoat on, and his hyper blonde Billy Idol pompadour. And uh, you know, this uh, this salesman was like, "So, what the hell's up with your hair?" <laughs> right? And he said, "Oh my god!" And my brother was like, "Oh yes, you know, I can't believe it. I went to my stylist, and and oh, he just went overboard with the, you know." And he's like, "Yeah, I think that's your first problem there. Most of us <laughs> call him a barber." <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. No, a, Good God. He's a fascinating person to travel with, for sure. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I, I look back on things that I've said in the chat room and I'm like, ew, sorry. <laughs> yeah, if I'm doing it now, I, I can only imagine, you know, 40. Yeah, no, I mean, and I'm absolutely positive. Uh, I mean, because I've gone out on so many limbs, right? So far, most of them have held. But, uh, you know, the, I'm always trying to be aware of like, okay, well, I'm gonna, someone's going to – my kids may hear this or someone's going to hear this in the future. And it's like, just be careful, right? That, that's all I'm saying, right? Because I know it's tempting and so on. But uh, it uh, – especially to those of us who know the difference between your public persona and what's going on in your life, um, it is uh, – it is a challenge at times. <laughs> and, of course, that's part of the trap, right? Which is to call you on the condescension and then, you know, welcome to, uh, you know, uh, not good Charlotte, but the other one. Yes, what fresh hell is this? It's like, you know, it's like, oh, I've stepped on the landmine. I heard the click. What do I do now? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I noticed that, you know, there's there's one person in particular that I'll I'll send an email to, you know, I I send him the post that I'm going to make on my blog sometimes and it's like am I just completely freaking off base here? And then he replies and then I think in my mind, God damn it, you bastard. Right. Right. And then you know, thinking it in your mind is a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, typing it back to him in an email, not so much. Well, I mean, it's uh, it was just part of. I mean, I, I think. I mean, I think that the reason you did it with me was you just 
you just wanted someone who wasn't going to fall for it, right? Right. I mean, you needed to run up against somebody who was neither going to be intimidated uh, nor frightened nor reject you out of hand, right? Yes, which is why I keep saying thank you, staff. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, you know, the the first time we have a strategy that genuinely doesn't work is when we start to become free of it, right? Right. Absolutely. I I cannot wait to be free of this one. Well, it's uh, it's absolutely in your hands, so rather in your typing hands, right? Which is, uh, well, you know, so. Right, I have to sit on them again. Or, you know, the other option when you say, uh, I don't know what to say is... Uh, I feel really anxious because I don't know what to say and I don't know why. And, you know, this is what I'm thinking, right. is what I'm feeling, right? And actually get some help and maybe help them instead of climbing up. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're authentic in receiving help, then you absolutely will be helping others, right? Uh, if, you're, uh, if you're open and authentic in receiving help, and this, of course, is why people are sitting here till 2 o'clock in the morning listening to you talk, right? Which is that when you're open and vulnerable and honest about receiving help, you totally help others, right? Yeah, I'm hoping that this is helpful to, to people who are around and whoever ends up hearing this. Excellent. Okay, well, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about tonight, or have we run through enough uh, to, uh, to say to you? I, I think that I have a, a lot of things to think about, so I think that's it for, for now. Thank you, Excellent. Steph, and thank you guys for, for being here. You're very welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Good night.